Do you we know, know the first time I ever saw you? Oh, God. <laughs> I, did I look scared? No. You were so confident. <laughs> I hope this is you, actually. It might not be you. <laughs> This is this is a mistake. I'm Martha Ellen. <laughs> Who are you? I'm Josh. <laughs> I'm Shelby. And today we're joined by me, Hannah Hayes. <laughs> Yay! It's me. <laughs> it really is. Well, okay, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, just <laughs> the basics, you know. <laughs> Your entire life story. <laughs> um, I guess most people know that I am a travel editor at Southern Living Magazine here in Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I just like to think I'm a friend to most people here. <laughs> yeah. That's my other yeah, identity. I, yeah. I think everyone was, would agree with that. Yes. Well, that seems like an interesting job. <laughs> <laughs> That's what most people the say. The world's friend. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your the one that pays you money, not just the one you're known by. <laughs> So at Southern Living, we focus on all 17 states below the Mason-Dixon line. So my job is to find out what is cool in all of them and tell the, you know, 20 million so readers of Southern Living every month what they should do and what they should eat, what they should drink. It's a cool job, but it comes with a lot of pressure. Yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that would be so cool. I mean, I... I follow you on Instagram, so I see your <laughs> amazing life. <laughs> like, wow, your Instagram account is such a dream. And I'm like, well, what you don't see is me sitting in my cubicle uh, or me eating beans over my sink really rapidly, which happens more often than most people think. Beans. the last time you just had Black beans? beans? <laughs> no, I literally did that before I came over. Just like, <laughs> I have beans and rice a lot for dinner because, you know, oh. journalists don't make a lot of money. <laughs> I was thinking just like beans from a can. I know so many different ways. Ways to spend beans and rice you have no idea <laughs> what's your favorite kind of bean <laughs> i love pinto beans with okay. some lard in them and like some tahini on top that spicy lime chili tahini. pepper stuff yeah. yeah i like that a lot <laughs> put that with some rice you're good to go that'll that hold you down really delicious yeah and very filling <laughs> yeah no for sure beans are very filling yeah yeah I know a lot of like great, you know, hustlers diet things to make on your lunch break. That's the cookbook I would like to write is things well, that make up know, my lunch break. I might need yeah. that. Yeah. It's just called Bean Talk with Hannah. Bean Talk. Bean Talk. Bean Talk. <laughs> I do love beans. <laughs> but it's, it's true. I mean, I, I do get to do a lot of really cool stuff that I would otherwise never be able to do or afford to do. Things like that. But you know, and I, people see that on my Instagram account, and I really like sharing that with people. But yeah, so there's a lot of like all your food. There's not what all the good food you eat, they pay for it. I mean, it's it's tricky. I feel like I do this job because this is like what I'm truly interested in. Like mm-hmm. I have Whoa. loved restaurants and traveling and seeing different cultures and different perspectives forever. My family moved around a lot when I was little, and I think that has a lot to do with it. But yeah, I mean, 
so I do a lot of this on my own. I probably do too much of it on my own. (laughs) And it does help that like a lot of times, yes, like, you know, when you're a food or travel writer, other people are bankrolling that expedition. But now the way journalism and publishing are, you have to do it very responsibly. Sure. Like gone are the golden days of, you know, just charging stuff to the game and calling it a day. Yeah. That's very unfortunate. It really is. (laughs) Missed it by about four years. Yeah. I hear stories of, you know, the past and the glory days. I'm like, wow, that sounds great. (laughs) Well, bye. (laughs) I'm going to go pay for this on my own. Right, right. (laughs) What is like one of your favorite places that you've been? Like when you hear like, I'm going to go to this city or this place that you get super excited about? It's funny. I feel like if you go to my Instagram account, you probably think I live in New Orleans Mm. because I go there way too much. Yeah. (laughs) My best friend from grad school lives down there, so I go a lot to see her, but there's luckily, you know, there's a lot to cover down there for work, so I can always do that as well. Yeah, it's great. But yeah, New Orleans is my favorite city of all time. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, I've actually cool. never been to New Orleans. Favorite See, restaurant. I love it when people yeah. say that because it's like, if you go, I will give you a spreadsheet. That would be amazing. I really want to go. And like, like, I'd love to just take like a train trip down there. My sister and brother-in-law are going this weekend, actually. I took the train recently to New Orleans and it was um, quite the expedition. So much so that it's the only Instagram story I've ever saved to my profile. <laughs> <laughs> It took 11 oh, hours. Oh, yeah. Wow. 11? Yes. We were supposed to, we left at noon and we were supposed to get there by seven, but we got there around 1130. And it was really funny what? because there were a lot of women on like girls trips that were literally recreating the movie girls trip. Yeah. And then there were drunk tugboat captains and all just a, a myriad amount of people on that train. Wow. Lots of humanity. And we all had a great time. But there came a point outside of Meridian, Mississippi, where mm. a belligerent passenger was kicked off. Literally just told, go to deal me. with it in oh, Meridian, gosh. Mississippi. <laughs> what? And then they there. told us there was a prohibition on alcohol. And from there on, it just really went down. Oh, <laughs> god! The mood was killed. Yeah. 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 But I still had so much fun. I mean, you see parts of America that you would otherwise never right. see on the highway. Yeah. It's and you have so much leg room. I'm five foot ten, so I really put a premium on leg on leg room. <laughs> I mean, I would rather be on that train for eleven hours than do a five hour flight really? anywhere. Oh yeah, it's everything that you used or that I see about flying in episodes of Seinfeld. I think mm. I really like watching Seinfeld just to see <laughs> what people used to do before cell phones or yeah. before like all these security measures. You're yeah. like, wow, you could run That's up to so a gate easy. and tell someone you love them and. <laughs> <laughs> that you always loved them. <laughs> so true. So and true. all the plots in Seinfeld wouldn't have happened uh, if they had cell phones. It's all about misconnections. That yeah. is so true. Like if Kramer could have texted George in the movie line, like half the episodes, you know, wouldn't happen because they're always going to the movies and it's always about, well, we can't get a hold of so and so. That's, That's so true. crazy. I really enjoy Seinfeld. Jerry yeah. Seinfeld's very much like part of my <laughs> sense of humor origin points. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. what. Okay, so you moved around a lot as a kid. Yes. What brought you to Birmingham? Um, yes, yeah. I I graduated from journalism school in Missouri in 2010. Which, if anyone can remember, wow, that was a really bad time to graduate from college, yeah. especially with a magazine writing <laughs> degree. Wow. <laughs> So, and I was also kind of a little bit disillusioned with the way things were. And I thought, oh, I'll go to grad school. And 
my mom and I had taken a spring break trip to Savannah, Georgia, and I f- obviously fell in love with the city and was like, well, I've never seen some, you know, a place so gorgeous mm-hmm. in my entire yeah, life. It's amazing. And I took a tour of Savannah College of Art and Design yeah. just kind of on a whim. It was like, oh, well, we'll use two hours and do this. And the woman who did the tour was a student at the time, and her name was Despina Papadeus. Oh, wow. <laughs> and she was just like, I mean, she sold it to me. She gave me a cup of Kool-Aid, and I drank it. Yeah. Yes. And I was like, I'm going to go to school here. <laughs> and so I, I went to... I went there for grad school. I did a program in arts administration, which is sort of like nonprofit management. And while I was there, I kept getting kidnapped by the writing department. And all the professors were like, so cool. Like Harrison Scott key was one of them. And he's like, you know, one of my favorite writers and would be embarrassed if I said that, but he's fantastic. (laughs) And then there was, you know, James Locke and all these really fantastic writers. And I kept doing more journalism than I had done in journalism school at SCAD, even though I wasn't doing that program. And it just kind of came to be that I was doing all this food writing and food journalism. Like I went oyster harvesting with like this human GI Joe one time. And I'm trying to, I went back, you know, before all of the, you know, sad, horrible controversies. I did an entire day at the Lady and Sons Palatine's restaurant and like hung out with the line cooks and, you know, sort of saw what it took to do a restaurant that big. Yeah. So I did a lot of food journalism and I think I saw a Facebook post that Southern Living was doing a fellowship program. Mm -hmm. And so I applied for it and Hunter Lewis, who's now the editor of Food and Wine, was the exec editor at Southern Living, and he hired me, and that kind of changed everything. Wow. Yeah, so I, I, I did come here for Southern Living, yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's so Very crazy. Cool. But I didn't know I was going to stick around. Like, in my yeah. head, I was like, my master plan is kick so much ass that I don't have to do this entire year-long fellowship that they'll hire me before yeah. it ends. Yeah. And it worked. That's the only time in my life that a master plan has worked out. <laughs> cool. But, uh, yeah. I'm I'm really glad to be here, though. Yeah, it's nice to have yeah. you in Birmingham. Thank you. <laughs> I see what you did there, Joshua. Thank you. In Florence, we have Little Cypress Creek, and it's oh, so Cypress. beautiful. Mm. Yes, it's gorgeous. <laughs> it's silly. Most people yeah. don't yeah. know how pretty Alabama is. Yeah, it's a problem. It's yeah, very true. Yeah, yeah. I posted a picture of it with like my friend Colin, who's like this beautiful, tall, skinny man walking into it, and people were like what where that's in alabama like my friends that don't have any connection to the south and i'm like yeah eat it (laughs) like have have fun in new york yeah (laughs) yeah we have have nature yeah (laughs) yes i get so vengeful about that (laughs) it's like you think you're so cool i've gotten pretty defensive about alabama in the past couple of years like i've kind of developed a love for it that i was unexpected because i think just mainly being from here i kind of had this like I don't know, just, I want to go out and be bigger and do bigger things and go to a better place. But then right, but find like the natural the, beauty, find the beauty that is yeah. here. And every place has its own problems and everything. And I think just maturity. Right. I that's the narrative that's been really put on it. Alabama and the South mm-hmm. in general, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that mm-hmm. you should be ashamed to be from here. Yeah. You yeah. should, you know, want better for yourself, which means moving yeah. North. Yep. Yeah. And that's, has a very complicated history to it but you know i feel like we're finally seeing like the first generations of people who decided to stay and make it better right yeah yeah and that's why everyone's copying us yeah Yeah. you know in high school i had a lot of friends 
who moved down here from other places, but a lot from Colorado. Mm -hmm. And a couple of them would come down and be like, I wasn't sure what to expect when I actually got to Alabama. Um, I was actually wondering if you wore shoes, if you had paved roads. Isn't that amazing? And I thought that all you ate was beans, which... Mm -hmm. You're kind of proving us <laughs> right. <laughs> proving them right. right. Proving us wrong. Um, but <laughs> right. I mean, I get frustrated about it because it's like, you know, I am, I am not a Southerner by birth. Mm. So this is complicated. Cause a lot of times I get told like, you know, you're not actually Southern. Yeah. It's the same it's way we're like, though. right. Well, it's, and it's complicated too. Cause it's like my, my grandmother in my mother's side of the family have deep roots in Mississippi. And mm. I very much connect with that side and those stories and everything. Yeah. And my parents met in Memphis and lived there for a very long time. And I kind of grew up going there very, no a, a lot as a child. And so I, I definitely identify with the lifestyle and the culture and the people and the way mm-hmm. we treat each other mm-hmm. down here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's complicated because, like, I can't say I, I'm from here. Like, I'm kind of, my family's very much Pan-American. Yeah. Like, I was born in Kansas. and But it's weird because I oh, cool. only lived there for so long. And I've been in the South just as long. Yeah. yeah. And so it's sort of like, yeah, I, I guess I'm a Kansan. And I, it's not like I'm shunning that place by any means. Like, I also get very defensive if people talk poorly about Kansas. Even though I understand that there's many reasons to, <laughs> especially if you had to drive through it. I have yeah. driven through Kansas probably 20 times because I lived in Colorado for a while. Right. And that eight hour drive west straight Kansas across is, is the worst. It's, like it's I tried to play the alphabet game yes. and I was stuck on the letter D as in dog for four hours. Well, right. Because, because there just, were no well, signs. But you could have said dirt because all there is is dirt and sky True. out there. <laughs> But it That's had to be it. a sign on a board right. so that I could, like, anyway. Right. But, like, I very much identify with, like, being from, like, deep flyover country. Like, I think we all have that in common where yeah. if you have ever lived in New York or on the West Coast or, you know, in bigger cities like Chicago or Minneapolis, people talk poorly about us. And it's oh, yeah. it's very, I, I think it's good to be confronted with those perspectives so you can understand, like, why you should appreciate this place while you live here. But yeah. mm-hmm. It's definitely frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I encounter it a lot, especially if I, I go to things. Where, it's like I can go to events and things for work where or from things that I'm involved in where people are so curious about where I live. But the subtext is like, oh, it's a shame. Such a, you know, you're such a smart person or you're so right. creative, yeah. like you're wasting yeah. your time or, oh, well, you know, you'll probably get to New York eventually. And it's like right. I lived in New York for a year and yeah. did not find anything about it that made me want to go back there and there's this perception that you can't leave or something or it's like you know you'll make it one day and it's like no I could leave at any point that I want to but I'm choosing to stay here like right you're not stuck in a place no one's ever stuck and then there's the opposite thing too that I encounter a lot where it's like people if I divulge that you know I have roots in Mississippi people will want to have like a guide to like weird messed up things they can see in mississippi because that's what they want to see yeah and the and it's complicated because it's like if you want to find those things you will yes if that's what you go looking for you will find those things like the south is a very weird brutal and beautiful place Mm -hmm. and that's what i i love about it and and you know want to change about it Mm -hmm. but 
you know, when people ask me that, I just want to be like, you don't deserve to like, you don't deserve to see those things if you're not willing to see the other things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Or if you want to see those things and you don't want to help those things by donating to, you know, candidates in red states who are trying to fight for progressive causes, you know, you're not helping anything. Yeah. I do think one of the most political things you can do right now is to stay in the South. You know, yeah. stay in these states, live here, 100%. change it, do yeah. good yeah. things. And that's yeah. not even political at the end of the day. It's like, just change these places for the better. Yeah. yeah. No and matter nothing, who you are. Nothing is ever going to change, like, not even politically, but like, in general, nothing ever changes if you remove yourself because you're going to be the start right. of a change. Exactly. If, like, you do what you want other people to do and like, live out and be an example. Right. I, I mean, I feel like I have a lot of friends who live in new york or live in minneapolis or live in other places where it's like i think they think that they're you know the people who are going to change the world because they're in these like you know very fiercely progressive cities and it's like no i truly believe the people who are going to change the world are people who are staying in places like this that you've written off right yeah Ooh, girl that's so good I've been having a lot of discussions about this lately with people. That's why I'm like so fired up no, about it. I love I that. Love it. Yeah. Like my, my friend Dan Dow, who lives in New York, he used to work at Savor. He's from Houston, Texas originally, and he's been doing lots of events to raise money for Beto in New York. And I've been trying to, you know, be supportive of that. And, uh, you know, he lives in New York and encounters a lot of people having ignorant attitudes about mm. people in Texas. And he's like, well, I'm, you know, he's of a mixed racial background he and he's from texas and people don't expect it when they meet yeah, him and yeah, that's right. that's not right you shouldn't yeah. like if you meet a smart cool person who's diverse you shouldn't just immediately think yeah. they're not from the south right, right. yeah right <laughs> i don't know it's complicated no that's it good it makes me feel guilty because justin and i are always like okay we're gonna move in two years we want to be in a city that's more progressive and so mm-hmm. now i'm like Oh shit! Like that's <laughs> well, so good. Like, no, but it's it's complicated too because it's like I- I'm saying this with a backpack full of privilege. Like I want mm. to say that about everything I say. Yeah. You know, like I I have lived a certain kind of life that allows me to make these choices. Yeah. Some people don't have these choices. Some people don't get to make choices. Right. And that's you know that's also something that if you do have a backpack full of privilege, you need to also stay and help fix. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. you can, or if it works for you. I mean, obviously, like. You know, jobs are hard to find, especially if you are trying to pursue some sort of dream. So if you have to go somewhere else, like, I'm not going to judge you for it. Right. But but, like, if you have the choice to stay somewhere and make it better, you should. Yeah. Yeah. We all should. That's great. I agree. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I'll get off my... Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) No, that was great. I I enjoyed that TED Talk. I'd come to your TED Talk. You know, they do them at... At uh, Wilson Park, you should do one. I know. Um, our good friend Donnie Fritz, who is 75 years old, yeah. recently did one. Yeah. Mm, he used good. to be Chris Christopherson's keyboardist for 25 years. He Whoa. has stories out the wazoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's great. <laughs> <laughs> he's, done, he's seen some things. I bet that was really good. I want to hear yeah. some stories. Yes. Me I too. A, I want to know, like, why writing? What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Like, question. Yeah, what are you missing? What am I missing? What? How am I damaged? Like, what am I trying to fill with words? I don't know. I, I don't know why. I just feel like I can like see this moment in fifth grade where I got like an A on an essay and I had so much fun writing it. And I just and then like in high school, 
I somehow got into honors English and thought, wow, that's really weird. They want me to be in an honors class. It wasn't that I wasn't smart. It was just sort of like, oh, yeah. me? Okay. <laughs> and I got an A on the first essay this hard-ass teacher, like yeah. hard-ass teacher assigned, and everyone else in the class got a C or a D or an F, and I was just, and I was just looking at it like, what? Whoa. Huh? <laughs> and I think I just kept going from there. Like, I was, I was on, I went to two different high schools, and I went to, I, I, when I was at my first high school, I was on the newspaper staff, and I had a lot of fun writing there, but when I switched to this other high school, like, newspaper class became my life, and I eventually mm. was, like, the editor of the paper, huh. which was also just, like, something I think when I was younger, I could have never envisioned that happening either, but, yeah, yeah and a newspaper class was my life, and then it just, and then I was a journalism major, I don't know. I've just always really liked writing, even though it's painful. There's a lot of times where I'm, I like put off writing things because I'm just like, oh my God, it's like, it, it's like you hate it, but you love it. Yeah. Mm. It takes and all I think, your brain. Yeah, right. It does. And it's like, you have to like the process of something more than the result, you yeah. know, like, that's and that's probably a mistake. I've made it a lot in my life. I'm like, oh, I, I'd really want to do that. Like, I think there's part of me that would love to own a restaurant. I think there's parts of me that would love to like do all kinds of things, but I'm always like, would I like the process of that? I don't know. Mm, yeah. And that's another mistake I make. <laughs> I will talk myself out of doing things. Cause I'm like, I don't know. What if I start doing that and I yeah. hate it and then I'm stuck, uh. but you're never stuck. No, but I can tell myself I am, but yeah, <laughs> but like, I don't know with writing. It was just sort of something I started so early and I like was, good enough to get the like affirmation of other people in my life then I just kept going with it yeah but I think that the, has a lot yeah. to do with it too is right like, it the does. affirmation and like when people tell you you did something so well you're like, right okay I needed that I needed that and I'm right. I am driven by affirmation yeah I think I don't know too many people who do something that other people were telling them like you shouldn't do that yeah like you I know a lot of musicians and I'm sure their parents were probably like you shouldn't pursue this as a career right. but they never talk them out of it soon yeah. enough to be like yeah. you know that they would quit it yeah you know I, it's definitely that stuff forms very very early yeah for sure and I think when you're a parent maybe you just don't even realize you're doing that to someone yeah I mean I don't have any kids but I can imagine that like you know it that sounds so stressful and like just right. like a science experiment that you just don't know what you're doing to someone right they say that being a parent is the one thing that we keep doing that we've never mastered. Right. And especially now it's like you have all these Instagram accounts where it's like, I mean, I think I follow like 10, I guess you'd call them mom bloggers yeah. where it's like, and I can see them all like sharing parenting advice. And I'm just like, Oh, there's so much more access to that. Like when my mm. parents were raising me, I think they were just like, wow, let's keep her alive yeah, uh. and try to make her happy, <laughs> yeah. you know? And I think that's probably what a lot of our parents were doing. Definitely. So now there's like, you know, I do wonder like what kids today will be like in the future. Anytime yeah, I go yeah. back to Especially SCAD, right, like anytime I go back to SCAD, I do this conference every year called WordCast and it's geared towards like the kids who are in like media degrees or photography and anytime I give a presentation to them, the questions they ask are so like well-spoken and insightful. And anytime I talk to them, I'm just like, wow, I hope you hire me one day. <laughs> you know, like I, people rag on millennials and Generation Z a lot, but it, if they've seen the kids I've seen, there's no reason to like, yeah. I feel, yeah. I feel yeah. very good about them being in charge. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know how I got to that topic. Where am I? <laughs> no, that's good. But writing writing is hard. Writing's weird. But I, I think the process I like about it the most is asking people questions, which is weird because when I was in journalism school, that was the part that made me so anxious that when I like knew I had to be on staff for the um, magazine at Cazette, Missouri, they have an actual city newspaper that is distributed to the city mm. and also like a uh, weekly magazine. And when I had to do that class, I was having panic attacks yeah. and I, and I was just like, that's so much pressure. I'll never be able to do that. And it was just like something I was dreading, like talking to people and it wasn't like I was super shy or weird or didn't talk to people, but it was just like, oh my God, I could never do that. Yeah. Hmm. Or like, that's going to be so much work or I'm going to look like such that's an funny. idiot. <laughs> and now it's like the thing I like the most. Yeah. Like, I think the person whose career I envy the most is Terry Gross on NPR. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, wow, like what a privilege to just get to like ask questions to like the movers and shakers of society. Yeah. Cool. So I don't know. It's do you, weird. Long term. Yes. What, what do you see for your life? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out. Well, it's weird because it's like, that's a question I'll get asked when I go to SCAD and talk to these kids. They're like, what should I do? Yeah. And I think that's another mistake mm. I made when I was in high school and college. I would see people that I really admired and then study them intently, trying to figure out what their path was and how I was going to take every step they were going to take. Right. And you can't do that. Right. And I also think like, and I'll tell them when I go to these conferences, like, I'm like, you know, they asked me to be here because they think I have this like hotshot job and I'm like a great alumni and whatever. But yeah. like, I have, you know, maybe 20% of my life like figured out on a daily yeah. basis. Yeah. And no one else, like, they'll put me up there with like editors from GQ and like <laughs> people that work on documentaries for National Geographic, <laughs> like really cool wow. people. Yeah. But it's like, you can't think that all these people have their lives figured out yeah. or they all have perfect social lives yeah. or that they aren't going through horrible traumas that you can't see. Yeah. And if you're trying to just mirror someone else's path, it's not going to work out. And right. I'll catch myself still doing it. Like if I see someone I'm really jealous of, I'll be like, well, how did they do that? Okay, well, yeah. then I need to. Mm. And it's like, you can't do that. Like, you can take advice. You can look at things. But, you know, what? where you are and who you know, something better might happen to you. Definitely. If you're trying to be someone else, this is so like, God, I'm like Oprah on 1992 right now. <laughs> but like, so we need. <laughs> but like, if you're trying to be someone else or like figure out, you know, how you do what they did, you're not going to do what you do. Yeah. yeah. So true. Wow, that was, oh, God. <laughs> like an episode of golden girls at the end anyway it's definitely an, an afternoon special right it's good i like your little soapbox in the best way <laughs> it's also really weird to do this because it's like i'm the one who asks other people questions all the oh time. yeah I, I do feel like this is must be like how terry gross felt when mark marone was like interviewing yeah. her she was just like uh i grew up in sheepshead bay i don't want to talk to you <laughs> I ask questions because I don't want to be vulnerable. Right. Like Terry's a very <laughs> private person. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm not a private person, but it is always weird when people ask you questions. And yeah. I'm just like, oh. And yeah. I do it like with my friends too. I feel like I'm always interviewing them. And I have to be like, <laughs> Hannah, they're real people that just want to hang out with you. They're not doing this for an article. <laughs> that's funny. That's yeah. something that I do that's dumb. That's also a mistake. I won't do something unless I think I'm going to be really good at it. Like I very like, and I've been trying to get better about this, but like if I see something I'd want to do, but I know is going to take a lot of work and I'm going to suck at for a while, 
I don't do it. I totally relate. I do too. <laughs> Which I is really why it's too. really weird that I do Zumba because like I was <laughs> I was terrible. Like I was so bad during the first three classes that like, you know, my co classmates would like laugh at me, like in a oh, very like affectionate oh, way. Oh, sure. And I would just feel like I'm too Scots Irish to function. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I can't but now it's like I mean it's something I look forward to it's yeah. great but like yeah that's like the only thing I can point to in my life recently where I've like really put in the work to get good at yeah I need to do that with other things I did I did that with cooking and I don't know why like I wasn't very good at it when I started in college I mean I've always watched my mother cook things and food was always a really big deal in my household my dad was involved in the food industry and my mother grew a lot of the food we ate way Ooh, before cool. that was cool we had like a picket fenced garden in our house in kansas and people asked my mom one time if it was a pet cemetery because <laughs> <laughs> like growing your own food and cooking with it was just such a foreign concept in like yeah. the 90s and early 2000s yeah um but yeah I, I cooking's something i've definitely put in the work to get good at i don't know why maybe it's just because i really like to eat <laughs> yeah i'm sure but I don't know. Yeah, that's something that I'm like willing to study intently. Yeah. But I need to find other things, you know. We all do. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I need to learn how to like manage money or like what it takes to actually start a business. Mm. But anytime I start, I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> it's so daunting. It is. And and you immediately think of all the other things you could be doing that yes. are fun. Like when you yes. get off of work, you don't want to like, you know, do these things, but you should. Mm. Yeah, it's really yeah. hard. That's what it I'm trying is. to learn. Right. Yeah. I probably could have written like the next great American novel in the time I've spent on Instagram. That's something <laughs> that haunts me. That's a mistake. <laughs> With the new that. update, it like tells you how many like minutes and hours you've spent on each app. And it's kind of like this scary thing because at the end of the week, it'll say like your usage or whatever of like how many times you picked up your phone right and i was like oh, it's horrifying God. i don't know how accurate it is because this monday or tuesday i got a notification that said i spent an average of 13 minutes a day on my phone and i don't think that's accurate that it's definitely not accurate yeah. that has to be more <laughs> yeah instagram's weird for me because it's like i truly think that it's like the most underrated tool for journalists right now like mm. i really feel like i find amazing story ideas i can reach mm. out to sources like yeah. people who otherwise yeah. have no reason to answer yeah. my email i reach out to them and they like see my account and they're like oh this seems like a legitimate yeah. person yeah, yeah. Mm. you know like it's just such a great thing for what i do specifically but at the same time i do abuse it yeah you know and i, mean, I do I, look at it and compare myself That's my instagram I feel like I've gotten just as much business from it right. as I have sure. by It can be an amazing like, tool. Yeah, especially for like women yeah. doing business. It puts you on an equal footing. It does. Yeah, that the real world does not provide. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of crazy. I actually had like someone today message me. No, two people. Because they were like, hey, I just came across your page. And I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> right. Good. Yeah. All my work is paying off. Right. Yeah. It is crazy Huge what fan. a tool it is. And looking at restaurants too, like I've noticed in the past year that all the new restaurants I've gone to have corners or have design based off of the fact that they know mm. someone's going to take a picture. Yeah. And I use it as like a search engine too. It's like if I hear of a restaurant or something that I right. want to go to, I immediately look at their Instagram exactly. to see like, what does the food look like? Right. What do people think about this? How many times are they tagged in something? Right. Which is just crazy. It is. And it's like, and I find myself doing that, but at the same time, it's like, 
there so the other day someone i know went to new orleans mm-hmm. and they were like where should i dinner like if i have one dinner where should i go and i was like you should go to upper line you should go there right now mm-hmm. and upper line is this very like it, it's not an ancient restaurant because you know there's restaurants there that are like you know 200 something years old yeah. yeah but upper line's definitely a classic it's been there a while it's in the garden district it's in a house so you've got to like you know want to go there it's not yeah. around the quarter it's right. not yeah. around your hotel necessarily yeah and the person went to their website and was just like, this looks like a GeoCities page. Like, uh, and I'm like, that's such a shame that like, and like, I don't know if that's something about our generation, but it's just like, that worries me. Cause I think in New Orleans and a lot of cities I go to, I worry that people who are my age or younger don't have the, uh, I don't know, like want to look at the history of things yeah. and learn the layers of it to appreciate yeah. somewhere like yeah. upper line where yeah. you're going to have fantastic food yeah. like the kind of food that new orleans is known for but not prepared as well right yeah and at upper line it's like joanne clevenger who's the woman who's owned it forever she is you know in her 80s is this incredible like you know hostess and just like masterclass at like owning your own business yeah and is one of my favorite people on planet earth and it's like it worries me that people younger than me will not meet her because they sure. look at her because website and it's it a geocities page yeah. right sure. and that's also something that's our job as like food and travel writers is to like make sure that people you know have context for these things mm-hmm. so if they do the research on their own they're not turned off by it right sure yeah it's but frustrating. i do think it's like things like yelp or like thing mm-hmm. like blogs or and stuff that yeah. say like what's upper line like yeah who like define like this is like rich in history and x and y right. and z and tell the story of joanne and right. like that like tells a story of itself that's like oh i want to go there right so it's like people like us like getting that out there like oh this is actually really good like right sure they don't have great branding but it's because the lady's 80 years old you know focus on the food right yeah yeah Yeah. and that's what makes a place it's really sad when like there's a place that looks really cool or like has good aesthetic or has like all the branding down but like the food doesn't deliver and i would say that's 70 percent of places i go for work to define a place that is like tusk for example Mm-hmm. they have changed agriculture in Portland. Like farming in Portland has like changed tremendously because of this restaurant, mm-hmm. because everything at their table is from Portland right? and it's all Mediterranean derived, but the aesthetic and like when you're in there, it's beautiful. Best, one of the best meals I've ever eaten. Right. But it's like so low key and you know, chill. And so like to find a place that has like all these things that have like are transforming mm-hmm. the community. It's really great food. Right. And like, you're pleased, like you're, aesthetically when you're in there as well like that is no the total package is hard to find very few and far between and it's also frustrating too because i feel like people our age and younger don't make enough money to go to these places and understand that yeah like here in birmingham it's very interesting like what frank stitt does over at his restaurants absolutely needs to be continued Mm. yeah after he is done working Mm. and i worry that there's not a lot of people around to want like not not in terms of chefs like i think we do have talented people in the city we obviously need way more right Mm. but i do worry that the audience isn't there because people our age can't afford to eat at highlands like the crowd i mean and if you walk past that window the crowd there's a little bit older yeah and so it's like, who's going to carry that on? Who's going to make sure that our generations appreciate that? Yeah. It's another concern of mine. But, yeah. you know, everyone should be have access to appreciate that every now and then. Yeah. yeah. 
Like, maybe these places aren't going to be, you know, your go-to twice-a-week place, but, like, a a once-a-month place you need. Yeah. You know? I don't know. It's all hard. I think about this a lot because I'm like, I would love to own a restaurant or coffee shop. And then I'm like, oh, my God, this sounds like hell. And (laughs) I I have a lot of friends who are in the hospitality industry. And it's just like, I just, you have to love what you do to... Even if you're a barista, you know, that's mm-hmm. another mistake I've made in my life. I didn't ever like work in a restaurant or work in a coffee shop. And I really huh. wish I had. I think I was just so on the track of like, got to get this internship, got to yeah. do that, yeah. which is also like, again, the backpack full of privilege. Like I was in a position where I was like told, like, you need to get these internships. You need to do this in order to pursue this career path. Mm. And I did it. And I'm glad that I did. But at the same time, like, I didn't work at a restaurant. I wasn't a line cook. I didn't, you know, yeah. work as a barista. And I think those things are really essential in like knowing if you want to be in that industry or not. Yeah. You know, it looks really glamorous when you mm-hmm. read Bon Appetit magazine, yeah. which I do religiously. <laughs> but yeah. the reality behind that is very, very hard. Yeah, sure. And I if you don't a- like the process, then you won't like the result. Yeah. yeah. There's also a lot of like very valuable skills that can be learn from doing anything in the service industry. Like Absolutely. I feel like you just learn how to cope with things differently. You learn how to interact with people. With people. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. I feel like that's one of the main reasons. Cause I worked at a coffee shop for several years that I can have a conversation, a lighthearted surface level conversation, but still make a connection with somebody. And then right. there's something to be said about being a regular and like mm. continuing that and building a relationship over something as simple as just a morning cup of coffee right no for sure absolutely yeah yeah, yeah i've never worked in food bev but uh, i do you do do a very character building job <laughs> yeah. you work with your hands you do stuff do. you know yeah yeah but i do like every time i'm in that environment around those people it does seem like they have I wouldn't say they're like a family, but they're definitely like their own clique. Yeah. Right. Which, I mean, that's why people like love that industry yeah. is because it's a camaraderie that you exactly. can't find mm-hmm. somewhere else. Yeah. And I'm sure if I had, I feel like I'm the kind of person who, if I had started out in it and I was able to handle that amount of hard work, I probably would have gotten hooked on that aspect. Yeah. 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 I, I envy that. Yeah, I, I do too. That's a cool aspect of it. Right. It definitely comes at a cost, but yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> What can you do? We're all doing our best. We really are. We really are. Uh, all right. Well, Hannah, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Shelby. This thanks, Martha great. Ellen. Do you have anything you want to plug? Oh, yeah. that I want to plug? Yeah, like yeah. your Instagram website. Oh, if you want to you know. follow me on my wild and crazy adventures or see pictures of New Orleans, you can <laughs> go to at Hayes, Hannah, H-A-Y-E-S, H-A-N-N-A-H. Mm-hmm. Um. If you want to, like, if you're going somewhere for, like, a weekend that's really special, DM me. I'll do my best to, like, I have, like, a spreadsheet that I regularly update with, like, things that I like so I can always copy and paste. That's amazing. Something for you. I have a backup of requests right now, but I I do my best. Um, (laughs) The November issue, I wrote a lot of it. The November issue of Southern Living. Pick it up. Magazines are great. Yeah. You know, read something physical. Yeah, physical Mm. media. Just treat yourself. Sit down. Pick up a magazine spend some time you know there you go i, like I don't it. know <laughs> <laughs> get back to basics right yes support journalism pay for yeah. it yeah yeah we need it more than ever we do even silly things like i do like writing about gas stations <laughs> <laughs> <It's not> silly <laughs>
I know oh. Blue Pacific because of you, and I'm oh, very thankful. Oh, I almost so broke Blue Pacific, though. I almost killed the thing I loved. <laughs> Apparently, the first time I wrote about it, it got syndicated so badly that they had a two-hour wait. <gasps> really? <laughs> I know, which is wild. It's like, oh, okay, I'm just Hannah Hayes, but apparently I can do things like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's crazy. crazy. Right. But that's something I like about my job a lot is I take it very seriously to find people who otherwise get overlooked in the social game Mm -hmm. of everything. Like, I don't think people realize that when they're reading lists, a lot of times it's a very political thing and some people are on them just because they know so-and-so or like they just appeal to that one writer or whatever. And I, I mean, I really like, I, I will brag about this about myself. I do way too much research and just bend over backwards making sure that I like find people who are o- overlooked find people mm-hmm. that you know really need someone to talk about them people who are doing the work and not just you know putting themselves no, the out there yeah. yeah so it's fun to write about cool. I love Blue that. Pacific it's really fun to write about people who are doing really great work yeah and not necessarily just you know on their Instagram all the time right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So true. Yeah, yeah. I, I can only imagine going to their website. <laughs> right. I don't know if Blue Pacific has I a website. Yeah. <laughs> they got a legit menu and their prices have gone up. Oh, um, well, you know, but, but that's, good that's for them. a thing, though. Good for yeah. them. That's a thing. I've talked to this about other people where it's like, why, why do we expect soul food and food from international cultures to be so cheap? Yeah. Right. Why is that affordable. okay? But yeah. you're willing to pay $16 for a burger at whoever's restaurant yeah, that's owned exactly. by a white guy. Yeah. You know, like that has to change because people who are immigrants and people who are people of color or making food that has otherwise been deemed second class should have just as much of a chance to make a living yeah. as, yeah. as mm-hmm. who, whoever bearded chef. And yeah. I love a lot of bearded chefs. I consider them <laughs> my friends, but like they'll also be the first to tell you that like, yeah, those people are probably working a little bit harder than I am. Yeah. Like, so, you know, don't get mad if you have to pay $12 at Blue Pacific, like gladly give them your money. It's worth it's it. It's worth, yeah, it's worth Every it. Every $12. Yeah. yeah. You're helping mm-hmm. the American dream or whatever's Pacific left now. of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good so good i want blue pacific now after talking you know let's go get pork noodle soup <laughs> oh i love Thai food. we're actually having Thai at our wedding all right okay <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks for being on yeah. thank you bye all bye, bye. This, this is a mistake you know yeah. they'd be yep. probably floating in the right circles maybe yep. there's another circle you'll float into later yeah. down the line you just don't know i can see that yeah for myself fingers crossed yeah <laughs> you know, just keep on floating just keep plugging yeah. keep on swimming I, we all know i love to flow i don't float anywhere <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>